chapter ninety two of the adventures of peregrine pickle volume two by tobias smollett this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter ninety two he is indulged with a second audience by the minister of whose sincerity he is convinced his pride and ambition revive and again are mortified if the young gentleman's money had been in other hands perhaps the peer would have been at very little pains either in gratifying his demand or opposing his revenge but he knew that the sale of the mortgage could not be effected without an inquiry to which he did not wish to be exposed he therefore employed all his interest in procuring the solicited audience this being granted peregrine with great warmth and elocution expatiated upon the injury his fortune had suffered in the affair of the borough for which he had stood candidate he took notice of the disappointment he had sustained in the other election reminded him of the promises with which he had been amused and in conclusion desired to know what he had to expect from his favour the minister having patiently heard him to an end replied with a most gracious aspect that he was very well informed of his merit and attachment and very much disposed to convince him of the regard which he paid to both that till of late he did not know the nature of his expectations neither had he the power of creating posts for those whom he was inclined to serve but if mr pickle would chalk out any feasible method by which he could manifest his sentiments of friendship he should not be backward in executing the plan peregrine laying hold on this declaration mentioned several places which he knew to be vacant but the old evasion was still used one of them was not in his department of business another had been promised to the third son of a certain earl before the death of the last possessor and the third was encumbered with a pension that ate up a good half of the appointments in short such obstructions were started to all his proposals as he could not possibly surmount though he plainly perceived they were no other than specious pretexts to cover the mortifying side of a refusal exasperated therefore at this lack of sincerity and gratitude i can easily foresee said he that such difficulties will never be wanting when i have anything to ask and for that reason will save myself the trouble of any further application so saying he withdrew in a very abrupt manner breathing defiance and revenge but his patron who did not think proper to drive him to extremities found means to persuade his honour to do something for the pacification of the young man's collar and that same evening our adventurer received a message from his lordship desiring to see him immediately in consequence of this intimation pickle went to his house and appeared before him with a very cloudy aspect which signified to whom it might concern that his temper was at present too much galled to endure reproof and therefore the sagacious peer forbore taking him to task for his behaviour during the audience he had obtained 
but gave him to understand that the minister in consideration of his services had sent him a bank-note of three hundred pounds with a promise of the like sum yearly until he could be otherwise provided for this declaration in some measure appeased the youth who condescended to accept the present and next levy day made his acknowledgment to the donor who favoured him with a smile of infinite complacency which entirely dissipated all the remains of his resentment for as he could not possibly divine the true cause of his being temporised with he looked upon this condescension as an undoubted proof of sir steady's sincerity and firmly believed that he would settle him in some place with the first opportunity rather than continue to pay this pension out of his own pocket in all probability his prediction would have been verified had not an unforeseen accident in a moment overwhelmed the bark of his interest at court meanwhile this short gleam of good fortune recalled the ideas of pride and ambition which he had formerly cherished his countenance was again lifted up his good humour retrieved and his mien re-exalted indeed he began to be considered as a rising man by his fellow dependents who saw the particular notice with which he was favoured at the public levy and some of them for that reason were at pains to court his good graces he no longer shunned his former intimates with whom a good part of his fortune had been spent but made up to them in all places of public resort with the same ease and familiarity as he had been used to express and even re-embarked in some of their excesses upon the strength of his sanguine expectation cadwallader and he renewed their consultations in the court of ridicule and divers exploits were achieved to the confusion of those who had sailed into the north of their displeasure but these enjoyments were soon interrupted by a misfortune equally fatal and unexpected his noble patron was seized with an apoplectic fit from which he was recovered by the physicians that they might dispatch him according to rule and in two months after they were called he went the way of all flesh peregrine was very much afflicted at this event not only on account of his friendship for the deceased to whom he thought himself under many and great obligations but also because he feared that his own interest would suffer a severe shock by the removal of this nobleman whom he considered as its chief support he put himself therefore in mourning out of regard to the memory of his departed friend and exhibited genuine marks of sorrow and concern though he had in reality more cause to grieve than he as yet imagined when quarter-day came about he applied to the steward of his lordship's heir for the interest of his money as usual and the reader will readily own he had some reason to be surprised when he was told he had no claim either to principal or interest true it is the manager talked very civilly as well as sensibly on the subject your appearance sir said he to pickle screens you from all suspicion of an intended fraud but the mortgage upon those lands you mention 
was granted to another person many years before you pretend to have lent that sum and i have this very morning paid one quarter's interest as appears from this receipt which you may peruse for your satisfaction peregrine was so thunderstruck at this information which stripped him of his all that he could not utter one word a circumstance that did no great honour to his character in the opinion of the steward who in good earnest began to entertain some doubts of his integrity for among the papers of the deceased which he had examined there was no writing memorandum or receipt relating to this encumbrance after a long pause of stupefaction peregrine recollected himself so far as to observe that either he was egregiously mistaken or the predecessor of his lord the greatest villain upon earth but mr what d'ye call em said he you must give me leave to tell you that your bare assertion in this affair will by no means induce me to put up quietly with the loss of ten thousand pounds having thus expressed himself he retired from the house so discontented at this demur that he scarce knew whether he moved upon his head or heels and the park chancing to be in his way he sauntered about giving vent to a soliloquy in praise of his departed friend the burden of which was a string of incoherent curses imprecated upon himself till his transports by degrees giving way to his reflection he deliberated seriously and sorrowfully upon his misfortune and resolved to consult lawyers without loss of time but first of all he proposed to make personal application to the heir who by a candid representation of the case might be inclined to do him justice in consequence of this determination he next morning put his writings in his pocket and went in a chair to the house of the young nobleman to whom being admitted by virtue of his appearance and a small gratification to the porter he explained the whole affair corroborating his assertions with the papers which he produced and describing the disgrace that would be entailed upon the memory of the deceased should he be obliged to seek redress in a public court of justice the executor who was a person of good breeding condoled him upon his loss with great good-nature though he did not seem much surprised at his account of the matter but wished that since the fraud must have been committed the damage had fallen upon the first mortgager who he said was a thievish usurer grown rich by the distresses of his fellow-creatures in answer to our hero's remonstrances he observed that he did not look upon himself as obliged to pay the least regard to the character of his predecessor who had used him with great barbarity and injustice not only in excluding him from his countenance and assistance but also in prejudicing his inheritance as much as lay in his power so that it could not be reasonably expected that he would pay ten thousand pounds of his debt for which he had received no value peregrine in spite of his chagrin could not help owning within himself that there was a good deal of reason in this refusal after having given loose to his indignation in the most violent invectives against the defunct he took his leave of the complacent heir and had immediate recourse to the advice of counsel who assured him that he had an excellent plea and was accordingly retained in the cause 
all these measures were taken in the first vigour of his exertion during which his spirits were so fluttered with the diversity of passions produced by his mischance that he mistook for equanimity that which was no other than intoxication and two whole days elapsed before he attained a due sense of his misfortune then indeed he underwent a woeful self-examination every circumstance of the inquiry added fresh pangs to his reflection and the result of the whole was a discovery that his fortune was totally consumed and himself reduced to a state of the most deplorable dependence this suggestion alone might in the anguish of his despondency have driven him to some desperate course had it not been in some measure qualified by the confidence of his lawyers and the assurance of the minister which slender as the world hath generally found them were the only bulwarks between misery and him the mind is naturally pliable and provided it has the least hope to lean upon adapts itself wonderfully to the emergencies of fortune especially when the imagination is gay and luxuriant this was the case with our adventurer instead of indulging the melancholy ideas which his loss inspired he had recourse to the flattering delusions of hope soothing himself with unsubstantial plans of future greatness and endeavouring to cover what was past with the veil of oblivion after some hesitation he resolved to make crabtree acquainted with his misfortune that once for all he might pass the ordeal of his satire without subjecting himself to a long series of sarcastic hints and doubtful allusions which he could not endure he accordingly took the first opportunity of telling him that he was absolutely ruined by the perfidy of his patron and desired that he would not aggravate his affliction by those cynical remarks which were peculiar to men of his misanthropical disposition cadwallader listened to this declaration with internal surprise which however produced no alteration in his countenance and after some pause observed that our hero had no reason to look for any new observation from him upon this event which he had long foreseen and daily expected and exhorted him with an ironical sneer to console himself with the promise of the minister who would doubtless discharge the debts of his deceased bosom friend End of chapter ninety two